If you're an ambitious business owner ready to think big, rewrite your own rules and take action to skyrocket your business know-how, your profit, your cash flow, and most importantly, your free time, then this is the podcast for you. You're listening to the Simply Smarter Numbers podcast, and I'm your host, Jen Waterson. I'm a business profit coach helping business owners just like you make more profit and take back their time. So hit subscribe now and let's dive in. Today, I'm talking to a businesswoman who has been in business for nearly four years. She has big goals and she has what it takes to achieve those goals, including an extraordinary talent. Now, I can vouch for that talent as I personally hired Anita Seek and her team at WordFetty to create a brand strategy and to create the copy on my website a few months ago. Now, I don't think I was the easiest of clients to work with, but Anita and her team pulled it off. They managed to extract and decipher what was in my head and spelt it out beautifully in words that can now be seen on my website. It's not an easy gig taking the unsexy, the boring and the blur of numbers and turning it into something scroll worthy, but they did it. Now, the more I've grown to know this extraordinary woman, the more I've been able to see Anita's natural business acumen come to the forefront. And when I hired WordFetty as my team, I knew I was getting a great branding and copy team. But as business owners, we can only hope for a team of people that have real business sense and a real strategic mind. And I'm happy to say that with Anita and WordFetty, I got both. And it's this strategic business mind of Anita's that I want to explore today. So Anita, welcome to the podcast. Oh, Jen, thank you so much for having me. And can I just say, you were not difficult. You were such a joy. Both you and Chris were such a joy to work with. (laughs) Thank you. That's very nice of you to say. (laughs) Oh, I loved working with you guys. So I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, well, the old numbers thing can be a bit tough. And particularly, um, I think what I often come across, Anita, when I'm working with people is it's hard when you're not a numbers person to sit there and Mm. open up and and talk and be really comfortable and answer the questions that are being fired away at you because if you're not a numbers person and it's not something you're comfortable with, it's easy to sort of curl up into a bit of a shell, you know. Mm. And for me, words is that. That's where I have trouble in that's, sort of finding the words. That's so funny you mentioned that because I feel like – I feel like it's like the flip side between you and I, because I feel like numbers are my weakness. However, I think I really resonated when we were working together because I was like, okay, I'm literally writing for myself. <laughs> I'm literally yes. creating this for myself because I, that, that is my weakness uh, when it comes yeah. to numbers, which yeah, we can talk about in a bit, but yeah, numbers yeah, are definitely absolutely. my weakness. Uh, Well, Anita, thank you for coming on the podcast. And for those who haven't had the pleasure of meeting you in the past, can you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and your business? 
Absolutely. Um, where do I begin? Okay, so uh, like you mentioned, I started Word Fetty as a side hustle. So it was actually my side hustle. I was juggling a corporate gig back then. So I was a lawyer and used to write things people do not read. <laughs> so I'm so glad people read my things now. <laughs> um, so I was an ex-lawyer and I started Word Fetty as a side gig. That was around three and a half, four years ago now. Um, I left my corporate gig. Uh, a year into the side gig and I am now the founder of WordFetty. Uh, we are a human-centered brand strategy, copywriting and word education house. So word education. Word education. I have just Love made it. that word up. It's a thing. <laughs> word education. Um, so yeah, as the name suggests, we teach, we, we we teach people how to use words to sell more, to connect with their audience and write copy that is going to have their audience being like, holy crap, are you talking to me? Um, we also do it as a done for you um, for our clients where we dive really deep one-on-one brand strategy and copy-wise. But there's three ingredients as to, I guess, why we do what we do. And that is the element of consumer psychology, human-centered design, and also us uncovering a brand's unique source. So yeah, I, I'm I'm loving the journey like we were just chatting before we started to record this episode that you know yeah. it's when it comes to business it's it's literally a roller coaster and I I'm not gonna lie not even gonna sugarcoat it it hasn't been easy it has been easy there's come with lots of ugly cries and all of that but um I'm so thankful for yeah, this journey it's kind of yeah, it's part of the territory though, isn't it? And I think the problem is sometimes that we leave our other jobs which are which we're desperate to get out of at the time. And you have these big dreamy visions of what it's going to be like being your own boss. And it doesn't always work out that way. Totally. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I've never worked so hard in my life. And I feel like so many of us who started businesses are like, yes, freedom. Yes. Like I want to be my own boss and work from a cafe. I get to work from a cafe. Don't get me wrong, but I've never worked so hard in my life, but I would also never give it up. Like it is uh, so rewarding on so many different levels. And I get to meet some freaking extraordinary humans like you and get to you know learn their stories and um I just love it I love it yeah Yeah. (laughs) and it it is something that we all have to work on I think is you know getting into business being in business for a period of time and then at some point taking that step back like we were talking about before we jumped on here saying let's we sometimes we need to take a step back and say is this business giving me the life that I want is it giving me the lifestyle that I want and if not right now what do I have to do to make sure that that happens you know because it's not going to happen overnight just because you decide overnight that you only want to you know work three days a week or whatever it might be It does take some work and some energy and I guess the thing is you've been in business for nearly four years now so you've had a little bit of a head start on some people and that's kind of where I wanted to go with you today was Mm -hmm. to just have a talk with you about what are the couple of things that you have seen in your business that have been a real sort of key to success Um, to the success that you've seen to date and you've Mm -hmm. actually given me a bit of a heads up on two or three different things that have really moved the needle in terms of growth in your business and one of the things that I've penciled in to talk to you about is around that sort of external accountability with mentors, coaches, consultants, Mm. that type of thing. So 
that is probably a great way to get started when we talk about how is it that we move our business from being all-consuming to creating this sort of lifestyle business that we really would ideally love. Absolutely. Yeah, I think when... When it came to mentors, so I've always looked at even back when I was in corporate, I I like to I like to be a human sponge, but then there is also moments where I'm just like, well, if I can learn from someone who has been there, done that, and knows a particular topic back to front, why not like fast track why not take the fast lane and learn from someone's mistakes and you know learn from all the wisdom that they have and I yeah I definitely when it comes to seeing what are the key elements that have moved the needle for the growth of WordFetty I would definitely say investment in mentors has been a massive one and I think I also to take that an extra step further um, and I guess this is a bit of a controversial not not really controversial but I guess just a little different perspective on mentors and I think a lot of the time people are like oh who is that mentor that you've got or what is that one mentor that you who are you working with at the moment and I'm like I work with a number of mentors I don't actually believe we should just have one mentor because you know um I I have one for numbers because like I mentioned I'm not great at numbers Uh, very very sucky at numbers um I have one for business growth and I have one for mindset I have one for the particular niches in products and service offerings that we offer um with both my brand and also WordFetty so I, I I wouldn't I I don't believe I guess that we should just have the one mentor because you know well, at the it's end of the day, which one person has enough yeah. knowledge and experience exactly. in everything? No one does. Exactly. You, know, you, want to take, yeah, you want to take the gold from each of the individual people around you and um, exploit it, you know, use that in your business. Find that piece of gold and identify, I guess the first step, Anita, is to identify what your weaknesses are and where where your business perhaps is looking to go and having the the foresight to know that okay I need help in my numbers or I need help with my mindset you know what what are the sort of the first steps that you might um, advise other people that are looking at these sort of you know external accountability partners well exactly that and I love how you mentioned that and it's it's true. Like there, you could definitely find a mentor that might have a bit of experience, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But if you really want to get niche, like I would probably say it's very unlikely. And again, this might sound controversial, but it's very unlikely you will find that one mentor that will know everything, like everything yeah. to the exact replicate of what you want that person to know and to teach you like they might be very good at numbers but they might not actually be very good at let's say mindset or they they might be very good at business growth but they might not actually be let's say an accountant you know so it's almost Mm. like it's I would probably say the first step I looked at was to almost do an audit of what I'm good at and what I'm not good at (laughs) yeah that's great advice you know I've I've said it for years we all need to be really across what our strengths are and I think we can always list that out like um, over the years when we've had different employees I've sat down with them uh, certain times throughout the year and we'll Mm. just say okay what are your strengths like you tell me you know I want them to verbalize what their strengths are and it and it helps you as a business 
business owner when you can actually verbalize your strengths. But oh my, when you can verbalize your weaknesses and be okay with them, that's that's a real stepping stone to something else, isn't it, do you think? Yeah, and I think it's also you like going through that activity too, you might not know what some of those weaknesses are until it gets to that point as well. I think for yeah. me, I always thought I had a very strong mindset and I, you know, I've got, I feel like I've got that determination. I've got that drive, but I don't think it was until literally three, just literally this year, actually, that I realized that I still have so much work to do in my mindset and it also evolves. Like as soon as you hit a certain milestone, then you, you're like, you, you hit a different type of mindset block. Like money mindset blocks are a big one for me, for example, where um, I, I get iffy when it, when, when it comes to talking about money, if I'm to be honest, yeah. like I get, I get, I get really iffy. I get like, I'm, I've had to work on that as well. And it hasn't been until literally this year where I'm like, well, how can I actually make friends with money? How can I actually talk about money in a, you know, healthier way? And um, it's, yeah, it's usually not until that. And it's about being aware, right? It's not until something like that happens that you're like, well, hang on a second. Like, why don't I feel why don't I sound confident? Why do I feel icky? Why do I feel like I can't, like I have to rehearse that thing I want to say over and over again? Like there has to be, obviously there's a bit of a block. Like yeah, why can't yeah. I achieve, you know, that? Like what, what what's actually getting in the way? Yeah. So reaching out for external help. What's your opinion, Anita, on paid versus unpaid? I've had some really good experience with mm. um, unpaid accountability partners I'm going to use the term accountability partners broadly because mm. you know maybe it's coach maybe it's a consultant maybe it's a mentor a friend whatever it might be that sort of external accountability partners I've had some good experience with unpaid partners but I mm-hmm. think they're hard to come across they're like sort of it's sort of a bit hard yeah. to find the real gems out there that are really going to help you in your business have you ever used any unpaid partners that is such a good question. Um, I would probably say when it comes to unpaid, I would probably say they're definitely my biz pals. My yeah, yeah my biz pals. I think you also had Steph Taylor on your potty recently. Yeah, yep. yeah so yep. she so she's Steph's my biz one wife. Of yours, yeah. Oh, I call her my biz wife. Um, but I, I would probably say um, both her and I, we we talk a lot. Um, I have and we you hold other... yourselves accountable, yes. accountable to getting stuff done, you know. Is it that kind exactly. of conversation? Ex- yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's ideation. It's um, what do you think of this? Like I'm thinking of this. What about that? Like we just ping pong off each other and I think – it can definitely work, but I think it, it you really need to be also selective, right? With the ones mm-hmm. the uh, if we were to look at unpaid, um, Steph doesn't get paid uh, to be my <laughs> my accountability, accountability partner, right. my biz wife. But um, it it gets to the stage where you just got to make sure that you're both in alignment with um each other's values. You guys know what you guys stand for. You guys know the direction you want to go. You know the lifestyle that you want because it's almost like without knowing that, without knowing the goals, without knowing um each other's weaknesses and strengths like it's hard to give that uh you know 
advice or not even advice but just feedback and tough love um yeah and I think accountability is all about knowing that trajectory that you want to go towards and without knowing that without also having the trust is definitely another one um I wouldn't say it's all about you know finding all of these accountability partners I would probably just say just one or two is enough but you need to trust them you know? Yeah, um, that's right. And know that there, yeah. I think it's really important as well to understand or, or to know that this person isn't a yes person. I've got a real thing mm. about yes people. You know, the kind of people that mm-hmm, will mm-hmm. always yes. just, they're just very agreeable and they're lovely and they're nice. But and it's, it's lovely. At the end of the day, it's not always uh, helpful. Yeah. No. When it comes to. You, you almost want them to be like, well, have you mm. have you thought about that? Like, are you sure? Like, but what about this? And it's almost like you need someone with Just that, like, yeah, tough, yeah, tough love, tough love. Not a Auntie Patricia who really loves yeah. everything that you do and will agree with everything. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's right. We uh, need to stay clear of those Auntie types Patricia. of accountability partners. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Is there any way, are you able to give us an idea of what change you've seen in your business since you've started bringing all of these sort of different um, mentors into your business and into your life? What kind of changes are you seeing? I know that you don't want to talk about the money stuff. You've just told me you've got some money mindset (laughs) issues, but what kind of changes do you sort of see in your business and the way you're leading your business? Mm, yeah, great question. I think I first started to invest in mentors probably when I was still a side hustle. So, um, and ever since then, it's just been constant investment into all these different areas I find weaknesses. And I think the first thing before going into what the change has been, I think it's um, it's about acknowledging that it's okay that you don't know everything it's it's about acknowledging the fact that yes you're a business owner yes you're a founder yes you're a director but that it's okay to not know Such all the important answers point. yeah and I think until you're able to realize that this is not about knowing it all and there's this amazing quote which I know you guys probably would have heard but if you're the smartest person in the room like you're in the wrong room like there's yeah. I'm a big advocate for being a life student like I love learning wherever I go and I know there's always going to be room to learn room to grow room to you know um up level what I've already learned always 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 and I think the first step before yeah diving and sharing I guess the um changes to my business uh, that mentors have had, I think it's first important to anyone who's listening to this episode at the moment to first realize it's actually a really good thing if you can actually just first be aware that, yeah, yeah that that it's, it's a strength to actually have that awareness that you've got room to grow. How exciting is that? That you've got all this, like you haven't, you're not even close to reaching the glass ceiling. Like it's always, it's all in what you make of it, right? So um, I guess to answer your question now, Jen, uh, what big changes, that was a question, right? Like what, what were the big changes yeah, um, yeah. after I invested? So, you know, as far as your you're changing changes in your leadership, uh, the way you're dealing with your staff, the way you're approaching um, conversations with mm. your accountant or with your, you know, different different conversations like that. Are you starting to sort of really see that shift happening because of these mentors that you've got in your life? Yeah, I think it's it's definitely an up level in confidence. It's all mm. also a healthy challenging 
as well. So I might go in thinking I'm like, yes, like I think this, I think that. And then uh, being asked a certain question by, let's just say, some um, one of my mindset mentors and I'm like, wait, hang on, what? <laughs> yeah. I didn't think of it that way. And then more opportunities, you know, more like uh, more d- different directions I can go. So it's confidence, it's seeing yeah, things that I Opening your mind, opening yeah. your mind up to different things that are out there. Yeah. yeah. It's and a, seeing, it's, seeing things I didn't know. know you there. don't know what you yeah. don't know. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, confidence. It's seeing things I didn't know was even there because I'm just, we're, we're all so close to our business and we live and breathe it. Then to have someone else be like, well, actually you've been, you know, what about this? What about that? And you're like, well, hang on. I didn't think of it like that. Thank yeah, you Yeah, all of a sudden that. opportunities become clearer as well, mm-hmm. I think, you know, mm-hmm. and you're more open to taking advantage of those opportunities rather than sort of watching them slip by, I think, as well. I know myself, I I've always had coaches or consultants, different types. Right now I have um, somebody who I use who is really good at marketing and I know that Mm. that's one of my weaknesses. I don't love it. I don't Mm. love marketing and I do need help with it. Oh, wow. I wish I loved it. Truly, I wish I loved it, but I just don't. And I know that. And um, I think, you know, I don't like it because it doesn't come to me naturally, I guess. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and and the copy the the words all that sort of stuff that it was one of my weaknesses and and even though I had engaged you and Word Fetty to take care of all of that side of things for me it was more than just um, an engagement for you to do the brand strategy and do the do the copy it was almost as though we were you were able to sort of coach me along the way as well around you know what will work and what possibly mm. won't work or and that having those conversations I think were really vital when uh when we were going through that yes. process and I, I think it made it that much yeah <laughs> and it made it that much um more valuable you know the the engagement that we had was that much more valuable because of it so yeah I think wherever oh. it is that we can bring in these external um mentors or coaches or f- business friends who we can talk to about things who know what path we're on it's just there is there is really not much of a negative is there in in fact mm-hmm. is there a yep. negative what are the negatives to bringing in people i think and that's such a yeah that's that's a really good point like what are the negatives i think one of the negatives is almost like a buffet of advice and information yeah. and com- being completely paralyzed with which way to go because when you have even if it's just one mentor or um you might even be like oh but she said this or he said this so maybe I shouldn't do this and I think it's about if if that is the stage where you feel completely paralyzed and you have this grand idea and it got shut down by one of your mentors then I think it's important to take a bird's eye view and realizing too the mentors are there to equip you with their knowledge their wisdom so that you can make an informed decision and at the end of the day you are the driver you are the driver of this business bus that you've created Mm. so you know you've got really really extraordinary humans on that bus to help you like but you're still the driver they're there you know they're there to support you to cheer you along but and I think um there's so many stories yeah Yeah. there there's there's when you're talking about um 
you know, the fact that you're in control of it, that you're in control of your own business. And yes, you can take advice. It's like, you know, listening to too many podcasts and we can sometimes Mm. feel a little bit too overwhelmed, you know, should I be doing this or should I be doing that? And whatever they call it these days, um, shiny object syndrome or whatever it is, uh, that kind of thing can really happen. And, And it's a thing. But at the end of the day, like you say, we are our own boss. We are in control. We are the driver. And one thing, another thing that you mentioned when um, we were when we were talking earlier was about the fact that we can treat ourselves as our own client and being consistent with our own content, all that sort of stuff. So you mentioned um, this is like pre pre this uh, interview. Mm-hmm. We spoke about the fact that treating ourselves as our own client is one of the things that has really shifted the needle as well and helped you to grow your business in addition to these external accountability mentors. How, what do you mean by that? Treating ourselves Mm. as our own client. Yeah. So I guess for us, as an example, I think when it comes to treating ourselves as our own client, it means we don't put our content last just because we've got clients to work with or we've got our students in our program to, you know, be uh, to, to make sure we're serving. All of that is important, but so is looking after our own content for our brand, Wordfetti, and my brand, um, Anita. Like it's it's important to treat yourself as a client because when you you don't and Mondays we're recording this on a Monday but Mondays are my business development days where I'm literally working on the business and when you treat yourself as a client you're also growing your brand you're putting quality content out there you are you know create doing research on your customers to uncover what their pain points are to then better serve them. So when I say all of the you know, things that are yeah. so easy to not do when you get busy well that's right food. That's right. It gets put on the back burner because you you start questioning yourself and you're like, oh, but I'm not technically getting paid for this. So, uh, but you are like in a way you it, it's all in how you see it too. Because if you do not invest in time to work on your business, you're not able to put your brand and the amazing work that you guys are doing in front of the right eyeballs. And guess what? That may mean you don't get to work with that dream client because they don't even know you exist. So yeah, it's yeah. Yeah, it, it, treating yourself as your own client, and this is this is all about, like you mentioned, consistency. It's about making sure that just because you're busy working on, you know, your client work or you're doing, you know, back end, you know, just just not doing on the business stuff that flipping it around and actually being like, well, if I don't actually dedicate time to grow my business and work on the business, then how you're always going to plateau you're always going to potentially yo-yo as well and um and and that's why I I've always been really big on making sure we're always consistent with our content and Mm. it's not about creating mountains of content it's not about creating a buffet of content but it's about being quite smart with the content that you create creating quality content and being smart with how you repurpose that content um that is the yeah. secret and, sauce, and really. It's the content yeah. that you're putting out there that obviously um, is a huge part of your external marketing and a huge part of what's going to drive people to you. Being in the copywriting industry, that's hugely important for you. So I guess you need to be really seen to be 
putting your, you know, your time where your mouth is, your money where your mouth is, you know, putting it out there for people just to keep driving Mm. that, um, driving your clients to you. What about, um, so when we talk about spending time working on our businesses, Anita, what type of, what type of things do you do? How do you know Ooh. what you need to do in your Monday? I probably should have given you a nice. bit of a warning on that one because oh, that's, no. that's, oh, that's, that's a you know, that question, question is something that people have a lot of trouble with, I think, from time to time is knowing that, yeah, okay, I know I need to work on my business, but what am I going to do? Like, because there's a bazillion things you could be doing. How do mm-hmm, I know mm-hmm. what it is that I am going to do? Holy moly, that's such a good question. I would probably say, I'm just trying to think. I would probably say I, so I work in 90-day sprints. So what that means is. I love 90-day um, sprints. Yeah. So I, well, my my 90-day sprints start in the, like, July. So the beginning of the financial year. And each 90 days, I set myself um a goal that I want to achieve then because I think a number of years ago I uh, I was really good at all these ideas I was really good at creating all this content or e-resources or workshop resources so we have a um, we create templates under workshop and I'll create all these like templates and all of that but then they will all be like half finished and yeah. it wasn't until I set this 90-day sprint goal that I was like, it's better to actually in, go deep, go deep into this one thing, this one, whether or not it's revenue generating activity or whether or not it is this one project that I want to work on. Um, I center in on that and all the rest, all the other ideas can go into almost like a backlog. But my focus is to finish this first because otherwise I'll have all of these half built bridges to go over but they're all going to be unfinished whereas if you dedicate all of this energy into just creating that one just that one thing you'll finish it and then you can just refine it like just you you can always refine it you can always make it better yeah such good advice everything I work on with any of my clients will always be a revolve around kind of like a one-page plan like a Mm. a plan where it is just so concise and so real and so practical that you can literally go ahead and have it done within you know you're going to reach x milestone within 30 days within 60 days and then the milestone within 90 days it just when you break it down into little bite-sized chunks like that it feels so much more real and you can actually see that you're getting results as well along the way which is so nice that's it and I think yeah to 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 answer your to go back to your question Jen like that I, I would probably say as a tip, like, yeah, to focus on that just one thing, like instead of having a million things to create and all of these things to work on on your business, which, you know, we all can, let's be honest, we can do so much, (laughs) but we we can't do it all at once. Just focus on that one thing. So maybe you might have that goal of just focusing on growing your email list. Um, And that could be, you could set yourself 30 days or 60 days for that. And then you might have another goal to, let's just say, create a lead gen. You might have another goal to just write three blogs like over let's say 30 Mm. days but just focus on that one thing set yourself a time period because I think there's this um, another another great quote where it's almost like a plan without actual like timelines and execution is just hallucination so give yourself that time frame um 
as well. And I've also found when you start telling people about it on your socials and all of that, they're like, okay, where is it? (laughs) Hello. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's another form of this external accountability, isn't it? You know, you just putting it out there into the universe means that, okay, I've said I'm going to do this thing. So actually I need to do it. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so I would probably say that I think usually if I have so many ideas and I don't know, and I, I have a note section on my phone that is just ever growing and usually, um, gets added to it around 2am in the morning when my brain is ready to have a, a, a partay. Um, I look at what is going to be one, the lowest hanging fruit. So if I have half finished a product and it is half undone, well, I've already started it. So let's finish it. Like, let's just, let's just get it done. Let's, let's get it done. That's low hanging fruit right there. Um, And and, I I guess that's the thing with, you know, like you say, treat yourself as your own client. If you wouldn't leave things half done for your clients, we wouldn't leave things half done or, or, you know, just, you know, random notes on a random uh, phone somewhere if it was a client you know if it was a client things would be so much more yeah. organized and you would have deadlines and you know time frames yes time milestones and all Testing. of that sort of stuff yes yeah <laughs> so it all comes back to yeah treating your business as as though they are a client of yours I know I do it with my own business you've um, sat through one of my uh, revenue planning yes. sessions Yes, yeah, and, great. and I yes, and I do that with my own business. You know, it would be crazy of me not to do that with my own business and to spend all of my time working on other people's businesses. And you know, sometimes you need to just flip that coin a bit and say, okay, well, time to just sit down and do what it is that I do best, but do it for me. Yes, and I think to add on to what you said there, Jen, um, which I love, is just just stop with the perfectionism as well I think one of the you know it's um one of the biggest roadblocks one of the biggest objections is you know people are like oh but it's not perfect yet or oh I'm not sure whether I should show anyone this yet just get it out like just get it out you can always make it better you can always refine and I I still remember when I first started so I DIY'd our website um when I first launched uh Word Fetty and it literally cost me $250 for the website because I just DIY'd it is that the website that you've got up and running right now Correct. Correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Good effort. Yeah. I know that yep. you're coming up with something more amazing in the in the. Yeah. So we are anyway. literally though. Like three and a half years later is when I got am in the midst of rebuilding the website. But it took three and a half years to get so crystal clear on that trajectory that we're going on for me to arrive there. Like in you know, so it's almost like just get it out there. And I've tweaked my website so many times, like so many times in the last three and a half years. And I'm, I'm, I'm glad I've had that opportunity to do that. So just get, get, get it out. You can always respond it later. Otherwise, it. <laughs> yeah. Otherwise, yeah. It can be paralyzing. It can, you can be waiting for months and months to do something that you could have done months ago, just yep. for the sake of uh, some perfection, like 
that was one of the big things that I had to get over myself was not to wait for things to be perfect, not to wait mm. for the perfect time or for the perfect and anything, it's you know. It's 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 mm. it's challenging. It's easier said than done. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. Like it's 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 challenging because this is your like your your baby, like an like yeah. your like your sweat, tears, like you want your it to hard be, work. you want it to be yeah. perfect. Yeah, and so yeah, and move out. All of that, I'm going to move on to like we're talking about having mentors. We've been talking about, you know, working on our businesses and treating ourselves as our own client, but to what end? Okay. So, mm-hmm. one of the things you also mentioned prior to this was knowing your North Star. Now, you're going to have to explain that to me. I've got some idea of what it means, but I actually have no idea. And I'm really interested because I feel as though that is kind of just going to wrap up everything we've been talking about. Am I right? Mm, Yes. So, all right. So when I say knowing my North Star and why that has really moved the needle for me more in, in particularly this year. So if I was to rewind back to almost pre-COVID, probably Christmas, New Year's, 2019, 2020, and this is me being so real, raw, uncut with, with you and your listeners, I, I felt really crap about my business. I felt so crap not about client work not about any of that but I I love the client work um but the thing is for some reason like I had people that were like oh you're doing so amazing Anita like what Fetty's growing yay like but why I felt crap was the brand itself the business itself was growing and scaling in a way that just completely didn't align with what I wanted and I had been so clear and I remember when I left my corporate gig when I was starting Word Fetty and started to build out my team like I had always been clear about the fact I never wanted to be like a traditional copywriting agency I never wanted to scale by uh, people like I never when, when I say people I'll always need a team um but the thing is I didn't want to be like a 10 15 20 30 50 people team like if that makes yeah, sense but yeah. I didn't yeah, I didn't yeah. but sometimes that. your business just starts to grow beyond you and that's the thing. thing like I think it wasn't until so year 2018 year 2019 the brand was just growing rapidly like so rapidly like we have never pitched to a brand we have never invested money in advertising at all a single dollar in ads until literally late last year and it, it was amazing. Don't get me wrong. But the thing is, with more demand, wanting people to work with us, we had to scale um, by people. And I think it got to the stage towards Christmas and New Year's where I it wasn't until, and I took five weeks off, I closed the studio down for five weeks. I tucked myself away in a rainforesty retreat, Airbnb, booked myself one, didn't even tell the husband. I just went. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Like I I didn't even tell him. I was just, I just need to get, I need to go somewhere. I need to go somewhere and just have some time to figure out why I'm feeling this way. I felt, and it was a very strange feeling. I, because in a way the business was thriving, but for some reason I, and we had amazing clients, we had amazing like upcoming clients, but I had no idea why I felt so, um, 
down and shit and you know Mm. I didn't know why I was feeling that way I read I think 12 books in the space of like two weeks I journaled like crazy and it wasn't until and this is us arriving back at full circle now the north star it wasn't until I really sat down and uncovered what I wanted out of my life and what I wanted out of my work because to me it's work-life integration it's not work I don't believe in work-life balance um that that actually was clear to me like that what I was building was not going to get me that like what I was building um and and there were three key things that's being forced upon you because when you've got such rapid growth and it's almost out of control growth it becomes dangerous in a couple of different ways. One, from um, a health perspective, trying to keep up with it all. But two, it can also be dangerous uh, financially to grow really quickly. Mm, yeah. And I think it it wasn't exactly to that point, Jen. And I think I, I really could have kept hiring. I really could have mm. kept hiring people, more more amazing staff. And we have such an extraordinary team and they're still um, with me and they know the trajectory we're going um, now. Um, and they're on board. Obviously. They're on board. They're on board. A hundred percent they're on board. And, and and don't get me wrong, like I, as soon as this happened, I was very upfront with everyone and um, there was, you know, a staff that we did lose and, you know, it it was, you know, I completely respect that and understand that because it is a completely different trajectory we are going on. It's not going to be an agency. It's not going to be, mm. you know, um, what they might have thought. And I think it's, but it's important. It's in so important for any business owner, any founder to really pause, to really consider this business that I'm growing. Is this what is actually going to align with what I want in my life and what I want out of work? because you do it every day almost, minus the weekends, but, you know, almost every day is this actually what I want. And I think going when I journaled, there were three, four things that were really important to me. And one was learning. So learning in the realm of not just myself, but learning to actually, you know, teach um, others in the space. I feel like learning is such an important element in both work and life. I feel like when we don't learn every day, I don't know about you, but I, when I don't learn every day, I feel like I'm just plateauing. Like I yeah, want to learn. Say, I can totally get where you're coming from yeah. there. I'm, I feel like I'm a bit of a sponge, you know, it's got to be yes. about the things that I want to know about as far as like anything to do with business. I'm just a complete sponge. And <laughs> it feels, you feel as though you're not uh, progressing. I don't know what the word That's is. It. Like yeah. you're not yeah, as a person, as a human, if you're not learning. So I do understand what you mean on the learning one. Definitely. Yeah, learning. So learning is important to me both in work and life. And the other one was uh, connection, uh, connection slash community. I find it so important and so just empowering to actually connect with our audience, both online and offline. Uh, the other element was legacy. And I think this is actually what really ticked it for me because Mm -hmm. if I was to look at how our brand was growing don't get me wrong like there is probably an element of legacy attached to helping our clients one-on-one but then if I was to really take an eagle eye look at the brand if I I don't want us to be remembered for uh, as a service provider I don't want people to see word fetty as oh you know they um 
they did this and helped, you know, helped me with this. Like I kind of want people to see us as, you know, wow, they're uh, all about spreading the power of words. They're all about, you know, they love being words. Being a bigger they're, part of people's yeah. businesses, being a bigger part of other people's success. That's it. And, you know, and this shouldn't end just because a client project is done. Like I want to be almost like a brand, WordFetty and Anita, like to be a source of inspiration, a source of knowledge, a source of, you know, a space where people are like, wow, these, these guys like love words. They really are spreading the power of words and not just in business, but in day-to-day life in you know the the words we use during a global pandemic like instead of saying you know um you know this is a terrible time like can we say something Mm. else can we say something like you know these are trying times but you know like can we be more mindful of our language and I think when I was to identify all of these things that were important to me um legacy was one that really felt just not even met um not even met and when you're it, talking, when you're talking, Anita, about um, about legacy, and that I'm looking at the timing of all of this, right? So you're talking mm-hmm. about this is where you've sat down around that sort of Christmas period, and you've come to the realization that these things, learning and connection, and and com- community and legacy, are so important to you and what you want to build in the future. That was around Christmas time, the start of 2020. How important was it for you to have come to that realisation with everything that's actually happened since then as far as coronavirus and everything that's Mm. happened? How important (laughs) do you feel it is for you to have, you know, learnt that and and got clear on that before all of this came about? So important. I think I arrived at 2020 being like, I'm going to do this, 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 this. And, and don't get me wrong, all of those things are still on my list to do and I've actually done half of them. But the thing is what I'm so glad for and I, I hope if there's anything you guys take away from this episode and the importance of really journaling and getting clear on your North Star is I think once COVID came, so many businesses online, offline were in the mode of um, – exploring do I pivot do I change something else do I do this do I do that or do I introduce this should I do that should I introduce a new service you know it came with and so many businesses were in the middle of oh my gosh like do I should I offer that new service should I discount should I do this and I think don't don't get me wrong there are definitely businesses who had to adapt who had to pivot definitely very little choice yeah no little choice exactly and 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 by the way I might, might might I just add like these businesses did it so quickly and amazingly. It's almost like if only we adopted this mentality um, beyond COVID and stopped questioning ourselves. And I've seen some great success stories. Um, But, yeah, it's. uh, I think it was really helpful for me to have uncovered my North Star because then I was like, you know what, no, I don't need to do that. I don't need to introduce a new service. I don't need to introduce a new product. No, I don't need to, you know, uh, squirrel. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. uh, Has it given you the I opportunity to, yeah. to say no to yes. clients? Yes. Client work, um, that sort of thing, you know, to really yeah. start. Because to me, uh, when I can see a business is getting to that point where they're going, okay, no, I that's not the type of work I want to do now. Or, you know, as, as much as I'd love to take all of your money, you are not really the perfect client for me. There, we get to a point where we go, no. And I think mm. once we can identify that, who we need to say no to and then actually go ahead and do it. It's like a real turning point. 
Absolutely. And again, like it has been challenging to say to say no but I also now see the power of the of saying no the power of the opportunities the doors opened and more time and more energy to create more magic and um you know where we're able to also be more selective with you know the types of clients that we get to work with and really make sure that we are you know the right fit for them but they're also the right fit for us you know, and yeah. there's there's this rule that I, I tell our team about the, that we all, always, 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 of course, need to make sure that the clients, uh, whatever project that we work on is going to be portfolio worthy. So that that is a measure that we look at it. Like, is this going to be something that we would be so proud of uh, to, to be able to showcase and show to the world? Um, so that's one of the yeah. measures. There's, and if um, the answer is no, then the answer is no. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, well, Anita, thank you so much. I've really loved all of your insights. There is so much for us to get our heads around as far as, you know, I think maybe it starts with really having a look into what is your North Star and however we go about that, you know, that might be another podcast for another day or maybe something that you have done or will do on your podcast, which I'll get you to um, let all the listeners know about as well shortly. But maybe that's the place that we need to start. And then from there, it's about finding the right people to come in and help us reach that place, reach that North Star and, and never actually losing sight of the fact that we need to take care of our own businesses. We need to take care of our own backyards and treating ourselves as a client might be the perfect way to, to actually do that. So thank you so much. I I really appreciate it. If you could just let everybody know, Anita, where it is they might be able to, um, hear more about you and your business yes um i'd love to connect with you guys so you can find me on at anita seek a-n-i-t-a-s-i-e-k on insta we're also of course on uh word fetty uh which is spelled w-o-r-d fetty like confetti and if you are after a bit more tips when it comes to your verbal identity copywriting content marketing you can also have me in your ears over on brand fetty we drop an episode every wednesday <laughs> oh, fantastic. I am looking forward to it. I can highly recommend Anita and Word Fetty from a lot of different Aww. angles. And yeah, so definitely go and check them out. They are a great crew. And now you've got some idea of where it is that they're moving in the future. And for me, for one, I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens with Anita Ooh. Seek and Word Fetty in the future. I'm <laughs> very much looking forward to the journey. So wherever you are in the world and wherever you might be listening from, I hope you have a fantastic week and we will be back again soon. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Simply Smarter Numbers. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you subscribe so you automatically get new shows every week. And I'd love to hear from you. Come and join the conversation online. You'll find Simply Smarter Numbers on Instagram, Facebook, and more. Just head to simplysmarternumbers.com and you'll find all that you need there. Simply Smarter Numbers is dedicated to you getting the results that you deserve in your business. And I'm honored that you tuned in.